This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Vince goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Well, it is just about that time, gentlemen. 1 p.m. on Wednesday, the new league year begins, otherwise known as the start of free agency. Owner Michael Bidwell is on record saying he expects a seismic shift in player movements. We've read reports already, especially when it comes to the quarterback position. There are, though, players who will choose to stay put. And let's start there, B-Train, because this concerns your side of the ball, the area of expertise, defense, and the Cardinals electing to keep one of their 28 unrestricted free agents in-house. Marcus Golden is back. The junkyard dog is not going anywhere. I think that's great news for the Arizona Cardinals as far as fans are concerned, as far as the team is concerned. Marcus Golden has been one of those guys. He's a glue guy. He brings that energy. He brings that experience now. He's an older guy uh, in the NFL now. And, and the fact that he is productive still, he still can make plays for this defense, I think it's an, a, a great thing for him. I'm happy for him and his family. He's, he's secured financially for a few more years. But I think for this defense, I, I think it, it adds another element of, of, virtual, of, of versatility to be able to get after quarterbacks. And I think he, along with Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt and the rest of that defensive front, I I think the more pass rushers and guys that can really play up front, the better chance you have of being successful. And the Cardinals uh, really uh, did themselves a huge solid by retaining Marcus Golden. Spoken like a true pass rusher himself, Bertram Berry, who could get after the quarterback in his day. But this is significant. And to be trans point, MJ, now you're looking at Chandler Jones. He comes back healthy. You've got J.J. Watt, Jordan Phillips, and now Marcus Golden. And that does solve a problem that this team had going into the offseason as far as that outside linebacker opposite a Chandler Jones. Yeah, and listen, it's in free agency, it's nice. Uh, you want to have a nice new toy like J.J. Watt, and that really set the, the Cardinals up for the offseason. But a lot of teams want to retain their own players. I mean, they have more intel than anybody else. Um, clearly, when Chandler went down, they, they made the trade for him, and he didn't want to leave in the first place, but he was a free agent, and you want to feel what you're worth. And, you know, he took an opportunity with New York, but the fact that they traded for him and brought him back here and he wants to be here – I just love his energy, and, you know, I remember when uh, him and Chandler Jones were together. Uh, Marcus had 12 and a half sacks that year. Jones had 10, and we haven't even, you know, uh, talked about what Jordan Phillips, a healthy Jordan Phillips and J.J. Watt. So I, I like where they're at, but I, the fact that he wants to be here is very important. And his energy, it's infectious as far as what it means for the rest of those players in the locker room and on the football field. Here is NFL Network's Ian Rappaport on the news that Marcus Golden is back with the Cardinals. 
Two years up to $9 million for Marcus Golden. And this one made a lot of sense for both sides. Remember, they let him walk in free agency. Then he went to the Giants. It was kind of up and down a little bit. Then they traded him back and found more success in Arizona. This is a guy who wanted to stay. It's going to be about $4.5 million per year, so a nice payday for a pass rusher who seems to have finally found his home in his old home. Nine games, eight starts last season, three sacks, 15 quarterback hits. And this would seem to be B-Train that would officially close the door on Hassan Reddick. You don't want to say that definitively, but you do have Devon Kennard still on the roster as well. Again, you can't have you can't have too many pass rushers. I get it, but there is something to be said about positional spending that MJ likes to use that term. And then the other areas that this team needs to address come free agency. Yeah, when you start talking about free agency and money, there is a, a sense of musical chairs, so to speak. And, and there's only so many chairs for so many players when you start talking about different positions on the team. And I think for Hassan Reddick, he's put himself in a position where he's going to be just fine. And although it may not be here with the Arizona Cardinals, I think he is going to find a, a home where he will uh, go in and do some great things. And we wish him well, and we definitely appreciate him for what he was able to do for us particularly in 2020. And having the players that you already have with Devon Kennard and now Marcus Golden back in the mix with a Chandler Jones and a J.J. Watt and, and Jordan Phillips, and I, I just think that you only have so much money to go around. And, and if you could lock up all your guys, if this was like college, it, it would be a no-brainer. You know, bring everybody back and let's make another crack at it. But unfortunately, this is – a business, and when money is involved in the business part of it, then there's going to be tough decisions that are made. And I think when you have a Marcus Golden in the mix, I think you feel like he can replace some of that productivity that you may have uh, let walk out the door with Hassan Reddick and, and, and still uh, be a formidable defense. So I, I look at it as it, it made sense financially for the Cardinals, and I think for a chemistry standpoint, having a Marcus Golden back in the mix, a guy that is familiar, as you talked about and Mike talked about, uh, that makes a world of difference when you start talking about that locker room and subsequently on the field. Now, on the subject of money, there is not nearly as much available because of what happened last season in COVID-19, and the salary cap is now at $182.5 million. That's probably $30, $35, $40 million less than what it would have been if last season was a normal year in 2020. So that's certainly going to play a factor in what teams are able to do, what players are thinking that they might be able to get. Last week on the Big Red Rage, NFL Network Steve Watt talked just that i don't think we're going to have the typical big splash like everybody running you know to try to pursue one or two guys i think you're going to see a much slower played market because with the salary cap coming down teams are going to try to push a guy who say maybe a 10 million dollar a year average guy try to push that number down to 7 million or 6 million you're, I, I think you're going to see a lot of players especially good players who maybe are in their upper 20s sign one-year deals and bet on themselves. So the next year when the cap goes back up, they can sign that longer-term deal. Now that's the national perspective on what this free agency looks like here in 2021. Let's get to someone who knows. General Manager Steve Keim, when he last spoke to the media, addressed how free agency might look this year people were projecting that there's going to be a number of one-year deals done and one-year deals done pretty quickly. That remains to be seen. Um, there are going to be guys who get paid and get paid with multi-year contracts. It's just 
who are those players? Obviously, age, production, a lot of things play into it, injury history. So you can't always forecast that. But um, we'll stay on top of things. Sometimes it's smart to be patient. We all get excited about the start of free agency. And when you look at things analytically and see which guys have had success, a lot of times it's the second and third tier players that are the best signings. Now, MJ, the players that hit the markets that are the top talented players, your tier one, if you will, they're going to get paid. It's those guys maybe on the back end of their careers that might have to see and weigh, you know what, do I want to stay here and accept less, go elsewhere? But again, it's that you're weighing what you want. What is more important as you get later and later in your career? And, you know, there's there's a handful of teams that have over $50 million in cap space. So, I mean, you're going to see some one-year deals. You're going to see some voidable years. You're going to see a lot of incentives if you're active on game day and you're part of the uh, 48-man roster. So um, there's ways to spread out the money. But, you know, the top guys are going to get paid, and that's just how it works. You know, I'd be curious to see what Reddick's value is in the open market. You know, I you know, I think the Cardinals would definitely like to have him back. And, and obviously you can only put so much, but J.J. Watt is considered more of a defensive lineman. You know, and the cap's going to go up, what, almost, you know, a ton next year, skyrocket. So, you know, I'd still try to resign Hassan Reddick just, you know, on a one-year deal, but he may have better opportunities. Yeah, and I think that's what he's hoping for, especially what he was able to do last season. You brought up J.J. Watt, and, of course, people will say, well, there's your big splash in free agency. That might not be the case because of how that Watt contract is structured. It's got a low salary cap number. Here's more from Steve Kime. I don't feel like we're uh, drastically limited. I think we we have some flexibility moving forward, uh, and that's why we structured the contract the way we did. Uh, We have a window in time where we can do some different things and be flexible, yet at the same time, um, we have to be smart with it. And I have to look at the future moving forward in the next three years and always take a different view uh, than, than a lot of people do. And that window he's referring to there, B-Train, is the Kyler Murray window, the fact that he is still on his rookie contract to allow teams like we've seen in the past, whether that's in-house as far as in the division with Seattle and with the Rams. When you have a young quarterback, you build around that young quarterback and put pieces around him, and that is what the Cardinals want to do here this offseason. And that's going to be mandatory for them to do this in order to really have a chance to compete in the NFC West. You, you see this as an arms race in the NFC West. You've seen the Rams. You've seen the 49ers. You've seen the Seahawks. They've all made moves to try to better their roster, and the Cardinals have to keep up with the Joneses to a certain degree. Yes, you still have the rookie contract of Kyler Murray, and, and that allows you a lot of flexibility. But then with the salary cap, as we've talked about, being lowered this year, how is that going to play out even for Kyler Murray? Is he going to have that big year and then ask for uh, another contract next year. So you just don't know how this is going to play out. And I, I think for Steve and, and the rest of those uh, watching the, the, the salary cap, they're going to have to get creative and, and really be smart about their spending now because you don't want to find yourself uh, in, a, in a predicament next year if you have to go ahead and, and take care of Kyler and then have other free agents that are looking to get paid as well. I think all eyes will be on Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and Josh Allen. What kind of contract do they get? Uh, we obviously know Dak Prescott got extended, but quite frankly, I'm not in a hurry to to you know give Murray a contract extension. It's only been two years now. If he continues to to go on the trajectory, um, then clearly. But they own his rights for the next few years. I mean, you don't want to get into the franchise tag. I think you know he's obviously a franchise quarterback, but I don't know what the hurry would be. 
Um, now the player will probably wants to get paid. I get that. So, but they do have time. You you can you can get pick up his fifth year option. You could franchise him. So, I think we're still a little ways away from Kyler Murray getting that extension. Well, the rush to play devil's advocate, MJ, would be to kind of get him at a cheaper rate than if you wait, i.e., Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, because as we've seen, these contracts are only going up. True, but also you still have him on his rookie contract. Now, again, if he, he outplays that contract and being the first pick in the draft, again, it's a fluid situation, but you know, I think that conversation should take place after next season. Yes, he would be eligible for a contract extension after 2021, and let's hope we're having that conversation because at the end of the day, that means this team advanced, not just maybe into the postseason, but maybe had a postseason run because that is certainly the goal in 2021 in year three three with Kyla Murray at quarterback. Just getting started here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, more free agency talk. And I'm sorry, B-Tran, but we're going to have to look for a little bit at the offense because yeah, got you yeah, to admit last week that the quarterback <laughs> does matter, but it doesn't matter if he has no one to throw to. So we'll talk wide receivers as we continue here. Bird Gang, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Shotgun snap to Kyler Murray from the pocket. Deep pass. Left side going for Hopkins. One-handed catch and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins was blanketed by a jet, but it don't matter. Hopkins makes the catch, and the Cardinals may have just put the Jets to sleep. Oh, can you taste it right there, baby? The 50-50 ball to the left of Kyler Murray and a perfect pass. D-Hop. That is big time with a one-hand snag. Perhaps the best all-around receiver in the NFL. Great hands, great vision, great speed. And the numbers back it up, Dave Pash. Number two in receptions, number three in receiving yards. 160 targets, which was second most in 2020. Talking about DeAndre Hopkins, and yes, it was... About one year ago right now in which the Cardinals acquired DeAndre Hopkins, the big splash for the Cardinals last offseason. This offseason, it's been another former Houston Texan, that being J.J. Watt. But to the point about DeAndre Hopkins, MJ, he is solid, number one, not only in the Arizona Cardinals, but perhaps in the entire NFL. If he's not number one, he's certainly in the top three, top five. The question we have facing the Cardinals is what's after DeAndre? Hopkins and that I think needs to be addressed whether that happens in free agency or the draft or maybe even both because there's a lot of question marks behind D-Hop. Yeah and, and there's some there's some guys the Cardinals need a number two receiver and you know you look at what's out there and maybe you got some guys are 26 maybe some guys are 29 and then 31 but they have enough young players on the roster at that position and we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with Fitz but you know, and, and Steve's made it very clear that he's really intrigued with the draft class. Uh, I don't know if you would take one at 16, but clearly that's a need going into the offseason. You would assume that they're going to sign a wide receiver, but uh, I think it's realistic that possibly you go in free agency and then also in the draft just to kind of flood the position. We'll just have to wait and see. But, you know, getting back to Hopkins, when you watch some of these highlights, 
the contested catches he made. Now, he's never been a fast guy, but the way he's, his uncanny approach to, to, to reach at the highest peak, it's impressive. Every time I see a highlight, and Pro Football Focus over the weekend tweeted this out, highest pro football receiving grades on contested targets since 2017, Galladay, Allen Robinson, and DeAndre Hopkins. And those numbers are over in the 90s. And so you go back to a couple games this year, he had two or three guys draped on him, including the Hal Murray. Yeah, some of the strongest hands I've seen at a receiver, and we've had the fortunate pleasure of watching Larry Fitzgerald for so many seasons. Looking at what's on the roster right now that we can count on here this coming season, B-Train, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, you hope that they take the next step forward. We talked about that, though, a year ago at this time. Maybe new wide receivers coach Sean Jefferson can get those guys to where the Cardinals want them to be. But how concerned are you as far as who Kyler Murray has to throw the football when it comes to the wide receiver position? You have to be concerned when you start thinking about the weapons that Kyler has at his disposal because he's making an ascension in the NFL. He's been selected to his first Pro Bowl, and when you have a franchise quarterback, you have to surround him with requisite weapons that can help him achieve his height. And when you have these three young receivers, they've got to make sure that they do their part. Otherwise, time runs out, and you have to look other other places in order to find people that are going to come in and help Kyler Murray because, uh, let's face it, this offense and this system is going to be based around your franchise quarterback, and that's what Kyler Murray is right now for the Arizona Cardinals. And if you're not helping him become a better quarterback and helping yourself be a better receiver, then there's really no room for you on an NFL roster. So it is imperative that those young guys make sure that this offseason is one where they make tremendous strides forward. Otherwise, they're going to find themselves playing on on other teams uh, much sooner than they anticipated. The first crack the Cardinals have to address this position comes up in free agency starting on Wednesday. And Steve Weiss, last week, Big Red Rage with Paul Calvisi and Ron Wolfley touched on what the Cardinals might be looking at as far as a pass catcher. Well, a receiver, they're going to have options. I honestly think if they can get someone like a Marvin Jones, there's a guy who's got 18 touchdowns over the past two seasons and nobody talks about Bigger receiver with shorter quarterbacks need where he's got a great radius. He makes plays at the end of the games. I mean, he's the type of guy who's out there. Look at some of the receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marvin Jones. Some of these guys are all in the same category where you wouldn't necessarily say they were featured wide receivers, but they're guys who can do a multitude of things. Now, it's a fascinating name as far as Marvin Jones is concerned, who played with the Detroit Lions the past couple of seasons. 18 touchdowns is Weiss reference, but if you look over the last four seasons, three times he had nine touchdown catches. He just turned 31, so he's got the experience, MJ. And to Weiss's point, as far as size, 6'2", 199, that to me screams outside receiver. Yeah, and that's a guy that can take the top off the defense. You know, he was, uh, I think him and Antonio Brown were drafted in the fifth round or later, and both of these guys have had, you know, obviously Antonio Brown's had more of a a platform. But, you know, very productive. Um, As you mentioned, he just turned 31 on March 12th, um, entering his 10th season, spent four seasons with Cincinnati, five with Detroit. And um, he's a guy that, you know, I don't think he's going to command a ton of money. Uh, 
obviously, you know, you start looking at, you know, some of these younger receivers, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, they're the ones that are going to get paid here. And I'm sure he's looking for another contract before he gets to, you know, in his mid-30s. Well, all we have to know is how teams value wide receiver. Godwin, Allen Robinson, both franchise tagged by their respective teams. Then the, if it's not in free agency, then we look at the draft at the end of April as far as whether the Cardinals address it in the first round or on day two or day three, but it's said to be deep and wide receivers. Here's general manager Steve Keim. We've talked to a number of those receivers and really excited. I mean, there's guys that are, you know, bigger outside receivers. You have some quick slots. You have some guys who can do it all. Certainly exciting to see some of the, like, probably the top four or five receivers um, are really, to me, game changers. You got Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. I just named LSU and Alabama players B-Train. I don't see Notre Dame on my list, but, uh, hey, you can't, you, you, can't, you can't go wrong when you're talking about the SEC and specifically Waddell and Smith because, well, Waddell was hurt for – much of last season, but Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy, unanimous All-American, and there is some talent, especially day one talent, at that position. And we've seen that for the last two years. You've had game breakers in the SEC come out and make immediate impact in the NFL, and, and there's no secret. Those guys are really fast, and they are well-coached, and they come out of college ready to go and ready to contribute in the NFL right away. And, and you, you can't really be mad at that. And I think if you're a team that's looking for a young, cheap, wide receiver, then I think this is the year that maybe you, you look in the first round or maybe even the second and third round and find quality-type receivers because uh, it is very deep, a lot like last year, with, with a lot of different receivers who bring a certain amount of skill sets or a different amount of skill sets, I should say, and they're able to come in and, and really be a day one starter and, and really be productive for these NFL teams because we've seen in the years past some of those receivers may have taken a year or two to really uh, get their footing and, and find their way in the NFL. But these guys, the last couple of years, seem to be ready to be stars right now. And I think that's exciting for a lot of these these organizations because these they can come in and really help their, their quarterbacks out uh, on day one and, and come in and, and, and be an integral part of what they're trying to do on offense. You know, depending on what the Cardinals uh, do in free agency, I, I th- when I look at the draft, I think it's deep at running back. I think it's deep at cornerback. And I think it's deep at wide receiver. I think it's deep at the interior offensive line. So, again, we'll see what they do in free agency. But, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they signed a guy in free agency at those positions and then go ahead and address it in the draft. Again, right now only five draft picks. Uh, we'll see who's on the board at 16. Uh, do they try to move down and get an extra two or three? I guess we'll know as we get closer to the draft. Um, but again, only five draft picks. But I, I think, you know, they're going to have to double up on some of these positions, whether it's in free agency or the draft. Chase, Waddle, and Smith, if you look at most mock drafts, are already off the board when the Cardinals are due to pick at number 16. But you talk about last year's wide receiver draft class and the number one wide receiver an argument can be made that it was Justin Jefferson, and he wasn't picked until the 22nd overall selection. So whether, again, you can't wait and you don't want to hope someone falls to you or drop down to maybe you can get someone and then pick up another pick. But if that is someone that the Cardinals are very high on, specifically that position, MJ, then you definitely want to pull the trigger and not wait because you wait, then all of a sudden you're left thinking, what if? 
Yeah, and, and that's the thing because, you know, if if you were the Minnesota Vikings and you're thinking, well, they didn't get Jerry Judy, they didn't get Henry Ruggs, they didn't get CeeDee Lamb, I can tell you the Cardinals had Justin Jefferson ranked very high on their board. And the reason why was because Jerry Sullivan spent time with him as the passing game coordinator. So, um, and listen, over the years, we've, we you can, you can get a good receiver in the second and third round. I mean, look at some of these free agents we're seeing right now. Juju Smith-Schuster was a second-round pick. Was Will Fuller? I don't know if Will Fuller was a high pick, uh, probably in the first couple of rounds. Um, so, again, depending on what your needs are, in, in the first round, but I, I still think you can get a wide receiver in the second or third round. Yeah, Fuller was a late first-round pick late in first. 2016, but to your point, yes, it doesn't always have to be a top 10, top 15 talents. And then we go back to you hope, B-Train, that these young players, that the time is now, and you know it certainly would be an indication if the Cardinals did draft wide receiver in the first round to where they think perhaps that maybe Kirk, Isabella, and Johnson just aren't there yet and maybe never get to that point. Well, how they draft is really going to tell us what they think of those three young wide receivers. If they don't draft a wide receiver, then they really believe that one of those three can really make that ascension and, and be that, that, that guy that they can really count on uh, when it comes to the season. If they do go with a wide receiver, that means that they're not waiting. They're, they're impatient, and, and they've got to – start making decisions right now about this offense and who is going to be plugged in once you kick it off for real and, and you line it up and who's going to be able to receive balls from Kyler Murray. It, 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 all of that will be answered here with free agency and draft. So if I'm one of those three guys, I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that I am counted on as, as, as one of those core guys here with this receiver core in 2021 for the Arizona Cardinals. And look, Christian Kirk did flash last season, and he's flashed since he's been with the Arizona Cardinals. It just hasn't been that consistent each week in the NFL. He did have a career-high six touchdowns last season, but it was basically over a short period of time. He and Kyler Murray do have that connection. You just like to see it week in and week out. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. In the second half, more defensive talk. Music to Bertram Berry's ears as we look at the back end of that defense. That's all straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Allen back to throw, looking for Diggs. Instead, steps up, throws deep middle, picked off. Peterson got that one. He's at his 40 yard line, running far side of the 45 and down there. Pat P got Allen that time. It's going to be a difficult offseason uh, for upstairs management, and it's going to be, it's going to come down to guys making some tough decisions. So, you got a lot of key guys that's, that's going to be free agents, but you also got teams that's not going to be able to spend the money like they have. One of the more interesting names, maybe the most interesting name, if you focus just on the number of unrestricted free agents for the Arizona Cardinals, and that would be Patrick Peterson. Ten seasons wearing the Arizona Cardinals uniform, the fifth overall pick, an eight-time Pro Bowler. Yes, he is not where he once was, but still, I think, a very good cornerback. And, well, the Cardinals need cornerbacks. They have but two on the roster as 
as we speak, and that would be Byron Murphy and Robert Alford. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry as we focus once again, B-Train, on the defensive side. Those guys on the back end when, you know, you guys up front can't get to the quarterback. Sometimes the corners, you know, have to uh, help one another out and, uh, and bail you out at times. And I guess the reverse can be said as well. But uh, for you, B-Train, how odd if we get to that point will it be to see Patrick Peterson in another color uniform? It'll be odd, but that's just the nature of the business. And very few players get to start their career and finish it with the team that they started with. And everybody understands when you come into the business uh, that is that first. And you got to leave emotions out of it. you got to leave feelings out of it. When you are uh, in this, you're an individual contractor and you are doing the best that you can for your you and your family, so uh, it can't be personal. It is It is all about business. And, look, 10 years we've enjoyed Patrick Peterson. He's given us everything that he could, and we salute him. Uh, you would love to have him back and be a part of this, but if, if it's time to move on, then you just you just thank him for the memories and, and you, you try to cheer for the, the guy that comes in and replaces him. But uh, he will always be a Cardinal, and, and those 10 years were – uh, filled with a lot of great memories and, and certainly a lot of great plays from Pastor Peterson. I've made it no secret, MJ, on multiple platforms here with the Arizona Cardinals radio network and broadcast team that I am in favor of Patrick Peterson coming back. I don't know what the cost, I don't know what he's looking at, but just because of the supply and demand, there is very little supply at the cornerback position, and the Cardinals know what they're getting out of a Patrick Peterson, and he is still, he is capable of being, maybe not a shutdown corner, but how many of those are left in the National Football League, but he can still cover at a very good rate. Well, the question becomes, and he's admitted that he doesn't have the same foot speed. Uh, you know, he was normally taking the one, number one wide receiver on the outside. And now with the addition of J.J. Watt, you wonder, are they going to play more zone defense? I think that plays into what he wants to do. And so, um, you know, uh, he's going to test the waters. Uh, you know, I think they would like him back, but it's got to be at the right rate. And, uh, you know, is he going to bet on himself, take a one-year deal? But he's getting older, so he's got to have some job security, I would assume. Um, but at the same time, if they're going to play zone, I mean, he's – I still think he can play at a high level. I, you know, again, he's not going to be making $15, $18 million a year. That's That's the difference. As far as what the market might be for Patrick Peterson as far as free agency is concerned, let's check in once again. Steve Weiss last week on the Big Red Rage. A, a veteran player, a Patrick Peterson type, right? How is that market going to impact him? How is Patrick Peterson viewed? You know, Is the team going to say he's the guy who can get our defense over the hump, or is he going to be part of that second or third wave of free agents where people are going to say, well, you know, we can only pay him so much a year, and because there might not be a ton of competition – that may be what he has to do, like how Charles Woodson had to do years ago um, when he left the Raiders for Green Bay. That's the fascinating part of this conversation, B-Train, is guys expect going into free agency maybe a certain amount of money, and then when you don't get that money, how much of a blow that is, and then how much do you have to humble yourself and say, all right, you know what? It didn't work out this year. Maybe I'll take that one-year contract. But that is the the debates, if you will, or weighing the pros and cons that a lot of these players, not just Patrick, but a lot of these players are facing this free agency. Yeah, there's always going to be hurt feelings, and there's always going to be motivation when you have guys that feel like they are worth a certain amount of money, and then the league comes back and says, well, no, we think you're worth this. 
And that's just that's part of the business. And and you have again, you have to be able to keep your personal feelings out of it. And then when it starts coming to work, you are what people are willing. Your worth is what people are willing to pay you. If somebody's willing to pay you a certain amount of money, then you go get it. And you, and it, and it lines up with what you believe about yourself. Then you go with that. But you don't necessarily leave any money on the table. Uh, those those uh, team discounts. All those things go out the window when you start talking about negotiations. You have to make sure that you're doing the very best that you can and getting uh, the most bang for your buck if you are a player because you only have so many cracks at it. You only get to go to the negotiating table so many times. So it is imperative that you make great business decisions, not for just the year that you're currently negotiating for, but then how how does that set you up? long term for the rest of your career and as you like to say mj it only takes one team to present that contract in front of a player i.e a patrick peterson but i want to go back to something that you also said and that is referencing jj watt in his edition and now the return of marcus golden all of this resource if you will on a pass rush how does that affect maybe the back end or the defense overall vance joseph recently on the big red rage touched on jj watt's addition to how it might factor into the defense overall when you watch our take from last year we had a lot of times where we had five guys rushing and they were one-on-one you know and we didn't win quick enough you know but with Mm -hmm. jj watt who can still win one-on-one if they do that he's going to win quickly and it's going to make our pass defense better and then you don't ask as much from your corners and safeties to do a lot of covering so maybe if that is the thinking then maybe you don't invest heavily in a corner as far as a top tier guy yes you're going to need them but you're not asking them to cover four five six seven seconds because you've got that pass rush affecting the quarterback yeah and listen when they signed robert alford i was all for playing man-to-man press across the board i mean patrick peterson you know Maybe he he was. You know, I don't think he's been the same player since the suspension. Just foot speed, but he's still a savvy guy. He knows he knows what to look for when the quarterback's eyes um, along those lines. And if they play zone, I I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, but again, at the same time, it's just you know he's got to feel like you know is this team close? I think they are. I, th- I think you know we're going to see in free agency is, is is Arizona an attraction for some of these free agents, especially the guys that are you know, entering free agency for the first time, or are we going to see, you know, a lot of one-year deals? So, again, I, I hope it works out, but uh, at the end of the day, I, I just see him picking a team that's going to allow his skill set to work versus being forced in something that maybe he's not comfortable with or is not as effective as as he was in the past. As a former pass rusher yourself, be trained the idea that maybe because you hope to get to the quarterback easily or easier this coming season to where maybe you're not asking as much from those guys in the secondary. Well, I, I think you have to play off of each other. There's going to be times where you depend on the secondary to get the job done and for the most part, I always say you build a team from the inside out. And when you start talking about the defense, you definitely have to have those dogs up front. And if they are handling their business, then it makes everybody else's job behind them that much easier. So you would love it to where your front seven is really the, the catalyst for the success of your defense. And if those guys are playing on par and what they're doing, what they're supposed to do, then the, the secondary, all they have to do is just wait for their opportunities and, and take advantage of them. So I, I, I always look at it as you take care of the, of the front first, mm-hmm. and then you let those guys in the back go eat. But 
if you have one of those special type players that can hold their own uh, in that secondary, then you definitely have to, to lock them up. And, and, of course, we have Buda Baker, who is a special player, and, and uh, who knows who is going to be another member of that secondary who's going to step up and, and, and take some of that pressure off of him. It, it remains to be seen, and I think you have to be wise with your spending at this time of year and, and, and not overreach for somebody that, that you may think can do it, but I hadn't actually proven it on the field. And here is where, at pick number 16, the Cardinals may look at cornerback, and a lot of mock drafts have J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, six foot one, 205 pounds as the selection at number 16. We will wait and see. And then you talk about that front seven. Let's not forget that the Cardinals did tender one-year contracts to a pair of outside linebackers and Dennis Gardeck and Kylie Fitz and also inside linebacker Zeke Turner. Now those three players also more known for their special teams prowess, but we did see what Gardeck could do last year and limited number of snaps of course he's coming off a torn acl when might he be available in 2021 as we continue here on the cardinals red sea report when we return sean kugler and his role within this offense that's right b train back to the offensive discussion that's all straight ahead here on the arizona cardinals radio network Seven for the Cardinals on their 44. Snap to Kyler Murray, drops back to throw. Steps up, throws a deep ball, middle of the field. He's got Kirk. The ball's on the money. It's a touchdown. What a strike. Kyler Murray to Christian Kirk. And the Cardinals with a chance to tie the game. Boy, it doesn't get much better than that right there. Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk lined up to the right of Kyler Murray and ran the post. The safety bit in the middle of the field, squatted there, I say. And here comes Christian Kirk over the top for a touchdown. That was an absolutely perfect throw by Kyler Murray. One of the 26 touchdowns thrown by Kyler Murray last season. Six of those to Christian Kirk, including that 56-yarder against the Miami Dolphins. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry as we switch gears and get back to our offensive outlook, and specifically Kyler Murray going into year three. Remember, year one? Offensive Rookie of the Year. Year two, his first Pro Bowl nod. What's the expectation in year three? One more time, Steve Weiss of the NFL Network last week on the Big Red Rage. Kyler was doing it until he hurt that shoulder. You know, he was he was playing well. He was throwing the ball well. Or he was killing teams. They have got to come up with ways to fix the offensive line with scheme or personnel to help him out a little bit. But I think he's going to continue to grow. I mean, he's, he's just so talented. He's not a guy who's going to take a step back as long as he stays healthy. And that's the thing, B-Train, staying healthy. He did start all 16 games last season, but it was late in the year that he kind of lost a little bit of his effectiveness. But let's not forget, there was a period of time where you heard Kyler Murray's name in the MVP discussion because he was on pace for 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards, which has never been done in the history of the NFL. I look at Kyler and I think, yeah, something did go wrong towards the end of the season, but I think it was a team-wide situation where they collectively uh, did not finish strong. And I think that really hurt his chances of any postseason uh, awards because it's always going to depend on how your team fares. If your team finishes strong, 
and you're a big part of that and you're one of the big reasons why, then you're going to get a lot of those postseason accolades. And, and I think for the team, uh, they didn't finish the way that they would have liked. And I think for Kyler, uh, all of that consideration suffered mostly because of that. I do think injury had a, a part in it, but I think the team really let uh, Kyler down and, and, and you know they just didn't do what they needed to do down the stretch. Yeah, that 2-5 and five finish, MJ, and specifically losing at home to San Francisco on the road at the Rams. You win one of those two games, you're in the postseason. A great first nine games, and then we're all scratching our heads what happened over those final seven games. When I look at it, it wasn't just Kyler Murray. I mean, yes, he wasn't 100%, but they got beat in the trenches in both of those weeks in games 16 and 17. And, you know, I think that's why I think the Cardinals are going to try to address the offensive line, the interior. And, you know, uh, you got to protect Kyler Murray and get that running game going and be more physical at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, you know, you can line up and run the football if you get a lead in the fourth quarter. So, I do think the the attention should be. Um, you definitely want to get them some more weapons, but I think protection will go a long way when it comes to being a physical football team. Speaking of in the trenches, the promotion of offensive line coach Sean Kugler to run game coordinator. He'll still have his hands on the offensive line, and yeah, there's questions on what the Cardinals do on the right side, even what they do at the center position. But Sean Kugler now more of a voice, perhaps, in what this offense will look like. DJ Humphreys asked about that recently I know who Kooks is and I know if he's involved I know we're going to be downhill and we're going to be running at people and we're going to be physical because that's just what he coached that's 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 who we are as a unit I'm so excited congratulations to him super excited for my guy Kooks top 10 rushing offense last season B train and this is a team that in two years even with Cliff Kingsbury and that narrative that it's say hey, let's spread the field and throw the football around a lot they've been able to run the football weren't as effective late in the season but how much do you think Sean Kugler's voice now has how much louder if you will does it become when you're game planning for that particular week well, I think it becomes louder because not just in the title, I think just the effect that he's had on that offensive line and, and how they've been able to be effective and, and really dictate what the other team is going to do from a defensive standpoint, the proof is in the pudding. You've seen this team run the football much more effectively when Kubler has been at the helm as far as offensive line coach. So whether he got the, the promotion as, as run game coordinator or not, if you see this this element of your team is working well, then you want to have that guy that is responsible for that have more of a say. I I just think that only makes sense. And and for for Coach Coos, he's a guy that I think relishes that. I don't think he's going to become power hungry or anything of that nature. I think he's going to do what he's always done. But I think if you coach Kingsbury and you see that uh, this part of your, your offense is working really well, then why not showcase it and accentuate it even more as as the the time goes on and, and you head into this season, knowing that it can do wonders for your quarterback and, and take a lot of the pressure off of him and those those skill position players. It's always interesting listening to the offensive linemen and how much respect they have for him. And you know, I know this is their position coach, so you know. But I, I really, when I hear guys talk for, about Cougs, it's it's real and. You know, he's got a great relationship with those guys. And, you know, the way that Calvin Beecham played a year ago, he, he him and Sean Cooler, I mean, the, he likes playing for Cougs. So hopefully the Cardinals can retain a guy like Calvin Beecham. We don't know about Marcus Gilbert. And then you got, you know, um, 
Jones out there. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I, I do think the the center position will be addressed at some point in time. Yeah, and J.R. Sweezy, who started last season as your right guard but finished behind Justin Murray at that position, he's also scheduled to become an unrestricted free agent. And it would be odd because you like to keep that continuity, but to have three-fifths of your offensive line change from one year to the next, that's certainly a possibility. Yeah, but I, you look at the left side, it's going to be Humphreys and Pugh probably going to try to upgrade it. They're going to try to upgrade at center, and then I think Murray's an option at right guard, and then I think Calvin Beecham um, or Marcus Gilbert or, or Jones could be. So it may not, on paper, it may not be three. It could be only one. CB Train, we're back to talking about in the trenches. It's just on the other side of the ball, but we always come back to that line of scrimmage. It's always about the big fellas. Big fellas don't get enough love when we start talking about football and and. That's where all the magic really happens. If you got a towel hanging off the side of your 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 pants and your uniform, don't 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 bring that here. Yeah, that 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 we we don't like that fluff stuff. We like the guys that like to roll up the sleeves, get a little bloody during the course of the game because they're the ones that are really making it happen. We all know it. So no towel, you never had a towel, but just the the sometimes sleeves, sometimes no sleeves. That was that was your limit. Brother, I never had a towel. I mean, I was all about the dirty work. You know, I was sweet in my own mind as far as my sport, but I, I, I never had to come with the towel in order to enhance my sport. My sport was already there. Bottom line, Bird Gang, pay attention to the line of scrimmage. If there's anything that we have learned listening to Bertrand Berry over the weeks and years, it's, yes, everything begins and ends at the line of scrimmage. Although... He's on record as saying the quarterback is the most important position in the game. Yes, we have it on tape. Appreciate everyone's help behind the scenes. Our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Omohundro, technical director, Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, Bertram Berry, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll see what happens. Free agency, 1 p.m. Wednesday. Who arrives? Who leaves? A lot is going to be shaped here this week when we talk about the Arizona Cardinals in 2021. And then we'll talk about it with you in one week's time. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.